Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEV Radio. Com. The NCAA tournament wages on, but it wages on without UVM. Catamounts beaten last Thursday, 75-71 by Arkansas out of the SEC. Guy who was there covering it locally is our friend Alex Abrami over at the Burlington Free Press. Alex, thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Brady. Well, I appreciate you being with us. You know, Cats played well. I thought they did almost everything you would have needed to do to pull a 13-4 upset. Sam's hitting free throws, especially in the second half. But what was the environment like in Buffalo on that Thursday? Uh, I think it was was great. I I was um, across from UVM's bench on the other side uh, on press row. And behind me, I think it was the majority of the UVM fans and I could hear them um, throughout the 40 minutes, not very happy with most of the calls. <laughs> and I got, so I got I got to experience what uh, I guess top level officials in the in the NCAA experience on a nightly basis because it was not uh, friendly at yeah. all. Um, so they were hearing it, but I think that a lot of that was deserved on both sides. I don't think they we don't have to get into it too much because I don't think it really ended up factoring in the game at the end, but I I thought a lot of the calls were tough for both teams in in that matchup. It wasn't really consistent. I don't know if you had that same take, but it was. Twitter had the same take. That's for sure. Um, You know, the the Ben Shungu play at the end where he hits the three and kind of got leg whipped. That one was questionable. The tough off Finn Sullivan at the end that overturned, you know, with 10 seconds left to give Arkansas back the ball. Those, you know, those were tough, but the Arkansas fans didn't like the officiating either, but such is life in the NCAA tournament. Um, Was there ever a point in the building where you thought UVM was going to win that game? I thought when they were down nine to start the second or down seven, and then it was nine quickly. And they came back with that. I think it's 12 0 run. Yeah, I thought that even though there's so much time left, I thought the way they rode Davis, he made well, he he didn't make a didn't make these three point plays, but like those those and ones that looked like they were going to shift the tide a little bit, uh, and they did at the time. Uh, I thought there was like all right, they they had a bad finish to the first half, and they came out strong in the second half, and they're right there with plenty of time left. Uh, they're in good foul shape. I don't think Davis had any fouls. Shungu was good. So I thought at that moment they were going to – I thought they had standard a really good chance of pulling it off at that point. You know, it's it's hard to be mad at this because I said on, on Thursday leading up to the game that if UVM was going to win, they needed to get probably 40 points combined from Davis and Shungu. They got exactly 40. Benny gets 20 and Davis gets 20. But it was so oddly distributed. What happened – to Davis in the second half. He didn't score for the last 13 minutes of the game. And he was on the bench for some of that, you know, you know, some portion of the second half as well. Why was he is not a big a factor in the second half, even though his overall numbers were good? Yeah, not not only did he not score, he didn't take a shot in the last 13 minutes. Wow. And I, I think that well, first, like he needed a breather. Like he's not going to play 40 minutes. So he needed after that stretch where like he carried UVM on that 12 over on, he needed a few minutes just to collect himself. Um, so that that's fine. Uh, I know it's critical time of the game, but like you got to give the big guy some some time on the bench just to just to catch his breath. Uh, so he comes back. I don't remember the time he came back in. I, it's probably probably between nine nine and ten minutes ago. I think I have to double check the stats. But uh, Arkansas changed its defensive coverage a little bit and. Um, According to Eric Musselman, that was their plan C. 
um, to sort of um, take take Ryan away, take the three point shot away, and um, they were effective in that, you know. But I, I, as J- Becker said, John Becker said in the post game, they were still scoring points. I mean, they scored seventy one points. Yeah, uh, Arkansas gives up sixty four, sixty five a game. It was they didn't rebound down the stretch, and they allowed Arkansas to get to the line pretty much every trip down uh, in the last five or six minutes. Arkansas didn't have a field goal in the last five minutes, I think. They were, they were all free throws. So they couldn't stop fouling, and they couldn't get the key rebound down the stretch. I think that was the the difference. Um, I think in hindsight, yeah, you want Ryan Davis to have the ball. They were effective in doing that, getting him in the post a couple times on those on those feeds and can and setting up those potential and ones. Um, but those chances weren't there. And I think that's a, a lot to do with Arkansas's defense and how they changed their coverage. Burlington free press sports writer, award-winning sports writer, Alex Abrami with us here on the Brady Farkas show on this Tuesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEV radio.com. You know, for me, I started to feel this way last week. I hadn't really thought about it before, but it kind of felt like, there might be like a last dance component to this UVM team. Not saying that they won't be good in the future, but Shungu's graduating. Justin Missoula told me that I believe even though he has a COVID year left, he said he's gone. Isaiah Powell's the same. He told me that last week that he's not coming back. So there are guys that are eligible to come back that are not, in addition to the guys that are graduating. I don't know what's going to happen with Ben Sullivan and Cam Gibson and Davis himself, but... I could see a scenario where a bunch of those guys do come back and I could see a scenario where every single one of them moves on and the program is, you know, down eight players from this year. Do you have any indication as to maybe what the future of the program looks like in that regard? I think um, I'm pretty sure like guys like Finn Sullivan and Cam Gibson are back. Okay. Um, I, I don't, unless something changes, you know, like last night, Eric Beckett left the program. He decided to transfer. Um, so that. That could be a possibility for other players, but my understanding is Finn Sullivan, Cam Gibson are back. Ryan Davis, you know, they honored him on senior night with Ben Shungu and Justin Mazula and Isaiah Powell, uh, but he still has one more year of eligibility, like Isaiah does. Where does he go from there? Uh, where does he go from here? I don't, I don't know. I think that decision still has to be made. And they'll, they'll I mean, he could go, out. he could go overseas. He could yeah. come back. He could go overseas and right away and play, or he could do what Steph Smith did and go, you know, test his medal at a at a Power Five conference. I yeah. don't, I don't think any of those are possible. Exactly. But for Vermont's perspective, I think what they have coming back, um, and given the the state of the conference, they should be the overwhelming favorite next year. And that's yeah. that's a good position for them. The, the, are they going to be in a spot where they were this year, knocking on the door of a of an NCAA win? No, I don't think so. I don't think you could say that now. But I, I think they're in good shape given the amount of players coming back. Even though they're going to lose Ryan, most likely lose Ryan Davis, and obviously lose um, Ben Chungu. You know, we've chronicled the the allegations against the program, and I have speculated that I wonder how that might impact John Becker's future overall. So we'll leave that to the side. I've talked about that. But from a pure basketball standpoint, Becker has certainly acquitted himself as a very capable and good basketball coach. And there's a lot of openings or, or said to be coming openings kind of in this region. What do you know about Becker's desire to stay at UVM? I mean, have you heard about him poking around in the past? We've kind of, you know, at Duquesne a couple of years ago, like just from a pure basketball standpoint, what do you know about kind of where his head is at? That's a, it's, it's a good question. I haven't spoken to, to him about that, like, you know, on the side or anything like that in yeah. terms of like, what, what's he thinking lately? But I know in the past he's, 
he certainly put his name out there. Uh, Duquesne's one of them. Uh, I think the opening at UMass is a possibility. I, I don't know where they stand. You know, I'm not in the know uh, on those finalists and everything like that. But sure, I, I think any mid-major coach or any coach in general wants to move up. And he's proven that he can win at this level at a very high rate. I mean, look at his – he's almost – in 11 years, he's almost the – almost has the most wins in program history at your VM. Yeah. I think now he's, I think he's eight short of catching Tom Brennan. So um, he's proven he can win at the mid-major level. He's built UVM in, into a team that's on the doorstep of winning in the NCAA tournament. So I, I think at some point it's, it's just a matter of time before he moves on to the next, next gig. It's just finding the right job. Cause the, I don't think there's a lot of great openings at the moment for him, or at least that would align with what, um, a coach like Becker would want. You know, I'll get you out of here on this. What's the deal with the arena? Because I, I've lost track of what's going on here. The arena was getting built, shovels were in the ground, then COVID happens and everything gets stopped because of stay home, stay safe. Then we started up again. Then I heard, I've heard a million different things. So is the arena coming when it's supposed to? Or are we in an indefinite waiting period? Where are we at? I think we're in a waiting period. I, I haven't, I did a story a year ago about this and I think they're, um, like they're still doing work at, at Gutterson and um, the student center. So I, I think there's, it's tough to say, but I, I think it's still in the works. I don't think yeah. it's not dead. Um, the, the fundraising is, is still there um, from, uh, from Tarrant. Um, you know, that's not, from what I understand, that's still going to happen. The $30 million. It's just a question of when, not if. So um, I think, Granted, we've been on this for really for 30 years, I think, in yeah. terms of trying to get an arena. You just have to wait. You know, uh, you know, COVID threw this whole thing for a loop. And I know we're two years past the start of COVID, but stuff like this takes time. And um, I, I don't I haven't heard anything in terms of that project being canned. I think that's still in the works. It's just they haven't secured the funding yet because they're not ready to move to that phase of, of the construction. Alex Abrami, award-winning sports writer, Burlington Free Press. He was with the UVM men's basketball team last Thursday. Their loss in the NCAA tournament against Arkansas, but a great ride it was. 17 wins in the regular season in the conference, 17-1, and and uh, 27 wins, 27 wins overall. So, Alex, man, appreciate the time as always. We'll have you on again soon. All right. Thanks, Brady.